Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Chad Osinga. Um, I actually met him on Facebook. Uh, we have a bunch of mutual friends, and we just started, to, started connecting and on. I'm like, hey, man, why don't you come hop on my podcast, and we can jam together. But Chad, for people that don't know you that well, tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, and how you got to where you're at. Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Um, so I grew up in a small town in Stewart Strath, Virginia. My mother has always struggled with drugs and addiction. Uh, when I was born, though, I had herbs palsy on the left side of my body. And the doctor basically said, hey, you need to work with this kid or he'll lose mobility. And so she took like a little hiatus from the drugs just to help me. And I thank God and the stars that she did. But then shortly after that, it was right back to the drugs. And it got really bad. By the time I was 14, I had drug dealers living in my home. I was, you know, now malnutrition. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Yep, man, I was not, I, yes, I was not eating well. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I actually was anemic and didn't even know. Um, my house was raided shortly after that, around 14 years old, by uh, various law enforcement agencies. My mother was sent to federal penitentiary and I was sent to family in Oklahoma on a probation conditionary type setting. And I didn't know this family very well. They were deep into church and I'm, you know, I don't have anything against church going people, but they, this was just my, my life. And they worked for the church. They were very well respected in the church and they treated me like the drug addict kid right uh, yeah. um they were getting paid to house me which i didn't know at the time uh by the state and they like when i got in trouble at school they would stick me in a corner okay like you would a five-year-old and they would make me eat my food there do my schoolwork there and then stay there until it was time for bed when they would uh discipline me at higher levels which means beat me they had a wooden paddle and i'm you know i'm not against discipline but i am against abusing your yeah, kid yeah, there's and a difference i'm with you yep. there is a very fine line and i would have i would be black and blue and bleeding uh from the small of my back down to you know the lower parts of where my my bottom was and you know it, it was just it, it, i've been thrown down a hall because you know over over really really small minute things that they they just called me a liar and whatever I said they didn't believe and I was always the enemy right and you know I ended up running away from them twice the first time I got caught yeah uh, the second time I made it all the way back to Virginia where I'm from uh, and I was arrested the day after that by local you know law enforcement for breaking that probation so when I got back, they gave custody to a different family member. Everything was was going, you know, somewhat well. But, you know, the damage was really done. I was messed up in the head. I, I was very angry at the world. I didn't care. And I was I would challenge authority at every step of the way just for fun. I didn't I didn't mm -hmm. care. And then I met this girl 
okay, who changed my life. She changed me. She was a beacon of light that I didn't even know existed. I didn't care about life. I didn't, I didn't even know if I was going to make it to 25, you know? Yeah. And she basically said to me, Hey, get your shit together, man. If you want to be with me, you're going to have to change some things. Mm -hmm. And you know, it didn't happen right away, but slowly I started changing things. We ended up getting married and had our second child, but we were still living in low income housing. And I was like, this can't work. Right. I don't want my kids to grow up like I did, but I didn't have any skills. I had dropped out of high school when I was in ninth grade. Like I, I didn't have anything to go and leverage, you know, me with. So I always looked up to my grandfather. He was a Marine. So I was like, all right, military. Right. I'm going yeah. to do this. Well, I go to the Marines and they wouldn't accept me uh, because I dropped out of school and I had tattoos on my forearm. They were like, no, that's not happening, guy. But they gave my name to an army recruiter and they took me in with open arms. They were like, hey, the army will take you. OK, there you uh, go. We take <laughs> yeah. so so I went with it and um, it was the single best decision other than changing for my wife and my kids that I've ever made in my life. At first, it was it was definitely a struggle because I had never had structure and discipline in my life. And I, you know, you, you try to bucket and then you realize this ain't working, you know, right. And as soon as I realized, I, I actually talked to a lot of people I coach and I, I, I try to mentor about burning the bridge, right? And not giving yourself a, a way out. Because when you do, you find this thing on the inside of you that you didn't know existed. And the only reason I preach it is because this happened to me. This is what the military did to me. Mm -hmm. As soon as I accepted that this is where I was, I, there was no getting out of it, right? I couldn't go back to comfort. I went head over heels in love with it, man. Like I started studying, I started really immersing myself in my craft. And then I was able to be accepted into a special operations sniper course. Uh, and, you know, I was the most junior guy there, right? Another, you know, situation where I kind of went all in on myself. And, you know, by all accounts, I should have been the first one who failed. The guy that drove me to this class, he failed the first day. Uh -huh. That's how the, the attrition rate was just super, super high. But somehow I, I worked harder than everybody in the room. And that's the other thing I teach everyone is you have to be willing to work harder than every single person in the room. It doesn't matter. They have more experience. It doesn't matter how cool they are. It doesn't matter. All that stuff is negated if you are willing to work harder than they are. And when I did that, I found success. And I was one of the few that was able to graduate. Um, I went on to become a combat applications instructor, and I was, you know, teaching FBI, SWAT teams, U.S. Marshals. I mean, you name it. I had people flying all over the country just to train with me, and I, I really found my calling, my purpose in life. Uh, during this time, though, of high success, life kind of hit me in the nose again. My daughter had a stroke at the age of five. We were in Germany at the time. I was about to actually redeploy to Afghanistan. And I get this call that she, you know, from her school. So we go, no one's telling us what was going on. Long story short, they misdiagnosed her at the first hospital for 24 hours. They thought she was having seizures until a neurologist came in and said, hey, no, man, this is a MRI that we need. And they gave her the MRI and they were like, Dude, this is a stroke. This is bad. So they 
her brain was actually swollen so bad that if they didn't do emergency surgery. They needed to do a craniotomy okay. uh, where they okay. cut half the skull out and allow that the brain just to have um, room to, to, to expand. Okay. So okay. we get rushed to Hamburg hospital in Germany. They do that. And I love the German hospitals for one thing. And that is they put the patient first. It's not about money. Uh, it's, it's about the patient. Uh, we didn't even sign a consent form prior to, to her going into surgery. It was, it was crazy, but uh, long story short, while this was happening, my wife gave birth to my third child while my daughter was in ICU fighting for her life. So I was skating back and forth mm -hmm. from birth and something that's supposed to be, you know, awesome to just complete yeah. doom and gloom yeah. on the other side. And, and so, um, as this process was going, they determined that they'd only seen some, something like this happen to a child maybe three times. They thought it'd be best that we go to America and have an American you know, team take over. But because my, my third child had just been born, they were not going to allow my wife and him to fly. So we were separated. Mm -hmm. And when we got to Walter Reed Medical Center, which was at the time it was in Walter Reed, they're in Bethesda now, uh, they told us that my daughter would be a vegetable, that she would never walk, talk, or eat on her own before, that the damage had been done. They misdiagnosed her. Uh, it was just really bad. And the mm -hmm. rare disease was still spreading to the right side of her brain. So they had to put her on chemo and steroids at the same time to try to, you know, negate its movement. And yeah. uh, it, it was just a very long process. But when when I was going through this, I told my baby something. I, I said, look, baby, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know we're not going to lay down and fight. Or, I mean, lay down and do nothing. We're going right. to fight. Yeah. All right. um, and so she had all of these stuffed animals in a room and she, could, she couldn't hold herself up. So I, I held her up and I said, baby, take these stuffed animals and throw them against the wall. I know you're mad. And she kept doing them and doing it and doing it. And then I would take her, her legs and move them like she's walking. And we would do that up and down the hallway, all through her room. And within four months of me continually telling her that she was going to walk, that she was going to be better and, and live a, a substantial life, she walked. That's awesome. She was able to, uh, yeah, she was able to, to speak. Uh, and it, it wasn't super clear at first, but, but words were coming out. And, you know, for me as a father, I'm like, oh, Jesus, right? Like, this yeah. is happening. Uh, sweet baby Jesus, we're, we're, we're in it, right? And... So little things started happening and started, you know, compounding over time. And, and she started really uh, gaining confidence in her own ability. And she just fought and fought and fought. And, you know, now she's 17 years old. Uh, she's, you know, working at the mall. She's, you know, about to graduate high school. She still has a lot of struggles. She has severe, you know, damage to her brain. Like the right side of her brain doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, if you look at an MRI, it's just all black. Mm -hmm. um, and so she has her, her struggles, right? But beautiful spirit, beautiful fight within her. And, but God wasn't done with us. As this was happening, uh, we had two children. Uh, I told you about the one that was in the hospital. And then we, yep. a year later, we, we gave birth to our fourth. Well, we come to find out shortly after our fourth child was born that they both had autism. And they happened to be on both different sides of the spectrum. And if you know anything about autism, I don't think, any one of them are exactly the same. They are all a little different and, you know, have different struggles. So it was at one point we had three children in 
you know, therapies four or five days a week. It was just, and I was working still in the military. So mm -hmm. it was, it was quite the experience. Um, around 2015 though, I had been injured too many times. Uh, I went off a roof in, in Iraq, messed up my head and my neck and my eye. And they basically, and I had multiple surgeries and they just said, Hey, we got to retire you. And I had spent about 10 years in the military. And when they did, they took my mission away. And I went on a really dark spiral. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, the, it was the camel that broke the, or the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't. And I started drinking. Uh, and at first it was to, to deal with the PTSD and the nightmares uh, because as soon as I didn't have the mission, my mind was like attacked. Right. Uh, with all these things, even from childhood, it was like things I didn't even know. I didn't deal with was, were there. Um, and I was losing my wife and she's my best friend. Right. I was losing my relationship with my kids. They're my second best friend. And I knew I had to do something. So I, I took up riding motorcycles to try to combat this this, you know, mental fight that I was in. And in uh, 2018, I was making a left turn and a kid wasn't paying attention. He ran a red light and blew through me at 45 miles an hour. And I put me into a guardrail, destroyed my motorcycle. And it took me about a year to recover. And, you know, most people thought I was going to die. I, there was a point where I didn't know what was yeah. where I was going to end up on this on this thing. But I, I ended up bouncing back and I had this fear uh, every time getting in the car or doing anything. I, I just knew I had to face it. So I got back on a motorcycle. I had a buddy rebuild the motorcycle that they said couldn't be rebuilt. And I got back on it. And in 2020, I was riding with a group of guys, thought I was doing it the right way this time. I had, you know, five other Harleys with me. How you cannot hear five Harleys is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know how you This guy did. He merged. We were on I-95 and he merged into my lane and he pinned me into a Jersey barrier. I ended up actually, they were expanding I-95 at the time and they were doing, so there's all this construction to the left side. And when he hit me, he hit my bike so hard it never fell down. I have pictures. It was like in like like pressed into the cement. Like I don't even know how to explain that. It, it was not going anywhere. I had to pry it off. Yeah. Um, and then I went flying into this construction zone. Mm -hmm. And I had a few military buddies with me. So they they were able to apply first aid until the, the ambulance got there. But I ended up flatlining on the way to the first hospital. Uh, they realized very quickly that my injuries this time was like way worse than my first accident. I was in really bad shape. And so they had to send me to uh, Richmond uh, Hospital in Virginia. And so I was medevac there. And after in the first surgery, they didn't understand how bad no one really knew. The MRI didn't show how severe all these injuries were so when they opened me up they were like holy moly right mm -hmm. like this is way more than what we thought so they had to uh put me back into another emergency surgery for the second time and i don't know if you've ever had surgery but they they have the they line you up right before you go into the surgery room mm -hmm. just check your vitals make sure you're okay and they're talking to me and i think that i'm talking to them like i'm talking to you but i am not i'm like blah, 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 right yeah they think that I'm having a stroke, but uh, and my heart rate just skyrockets to like the 190s mm -hmm. and I flatline. 
Yeah. So they rushed me into a different room. I don't really know a lot of what happened until I woke up. But when I woke up, I was actually in the arms of, of nurses and a doctor. Well, I think it's a doctor. Everything was a little blurry, but I can mm -hmm. hear everything like crystal clear. And they had two IVs in, in, in my arms trying to get my heart rate down. And I could just hear them, you know, without them knowing that I was awake, telling each other, hey, we got to do this to save his life. Hey, he might flatline again and not make it. Da, 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 da. And I just looked at him and, and said, hey, please, I, I, my kids need me, man. You, you got to save me. And I, I thank God every day they did. And when I, I was in ICU for seven days, uh, the hospital for 14 days. And if you know anything about hospital stays, that's a long time. Yeah, that's a very long time. Very long time. And um, in that hospital room, it was, you know, during the COVID pandemic, 2020. So no one could come see me. My phone got destroyed on, on you know, mm -hmm. the bike. I didn't have anything but reruns and, and nurses every two hours, right? Yeah. And I had to face myself. I had to, all these things that I I hadn't dealt with, right, that I kind of pushed away, even though I had a lot of success in the military, I was a wreck on the inside. And I tried to fill in the gaps through this outward success, but inside I was, I was a wreck. And I finally faced me. I faced mm -hmm. the man in the mirror, right? Yeah. I did some mental gardening is what I like to call it. And I, I took some roots out. I, I began to focus on me like really heavily. I couldn't do anything during the recovery period, right? I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. So, and I only had one good hand. So I really inundated myself with, you know, just self-help and and mm -hmm. I, I was just reaching for every single thing that would help me become a better version of me and overcome just these demons that I was facing and I did I I, I slayed that that dragon and I'm not going to say that you know it doesn't it's not something that I have to continually fight because it is you know I think our mind is one of those things where it's just like a garden right you don't mm -hmm. You don't take weed it out and then walk away for 10 years, come back, and it's just beautiful, producing great fruit, right? Uh, it's it's a constant, you know, process uh, of, of cleaning it out and nurturing it and giving it the, the nutrients that it needs. And I learned that process during my healing, and I realized that God had a really, really big plan for my life. There's no other way to explain it and or the universe, whatever people believe in. Uh, and so then I, I just decided, Hey man, I'm going to help as many people as I possibly can. It's not about money. It's not about anything like that. If I can help one yeah. person on this journey, um, I'm with it. And so that's, that's kind of how I got where I'm at today. Wow. Now, now that story normally, like I was picturing it while you went through the whole thing, like, and I'm just going back through my head. So you're born and you have issues and your mom's a drug addict. And God, the universe brings you through that. Then you get sent to a place that should be safe, but really it's not a safe place at all. It's like the opposite. On the front, it had the look of, we go to church, we do this, yada, yada, but it wasn't. And then you right. go through and you keep going through and then you get find a woman that changes your life. And, it's, and, and this is, I just want to parallel this because there's times in your life when certain people, it may be a spouse, it may be someone else that comes into your life for a reason and a season and they save you, for lack of a better term. 
Then you get into the military. Things, things are starting to be good. You're learning. You're still got that fighter warrior spirit in you. And things just keep hitting you and hitting you. And the thing that I've seen the thread through the whole story is you're resilient. You didn't quit. And you just kept moving forward no matter what. And that right there, if people can just do those three things, and we're going to get into a lot more here, guys. But if you can do those three things, not quit, be resilient, and keep moving forward, you win. And then, like, with the kids, and then with the, like, you hit pretty much, like, I have people come on the show that, like, they'll have, like, one area, like, they'll have the alcohol that they have to deal with, which I've dealt with that in the past. Or they'll have, like, maybe one family issue. But, like, dude, you just, like, when I hear your story, I just think warrior, like, just, like, you're just like a warrior. You're a fighter. So now, because at the end, you said that you, you your goal and your mission is to help people. So how do you help people now? Just like open that up for us a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, public speaking is is one of those things I, I try to, you know, really as many stages and I'm really big on the youth. Like, I feel like if we can catch them young, OK, mm-hmm. because like I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have somebody to say, hey, you come here. We're, you're not doing this. I got, I got to look, if you can see this, you can have this. And I, so I, when I grew up, I thought that everything that was around me was all I could have. I believe that. I believe that the drugs, uh, the, the little bit of money that these drug dealers flashed around that they really weren't rich, but I thought they were. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was success. Yeah. And I believe if we can give these kids a different picture, if we mm-hmm. can show them you know, that there's so much more, man, you can be so much greater than that. Uh, and they begin to believe it. Once, once we, they buy into that, man, there's no stopping the train, right? There's no stopping. And so I, I do a lot of that. I, I write, I do, man, I write a lot, a lot of different publications. I've been um, in authority magazine, I think five times mm-hmm. uh, the up journal. I, I actually, I have an article in the what is it? The good housekeeping. Good man project or good housekeeping? Cool. Yeah, good housekeeping just did an article on me. It hasn't been published yet, but it will be. Um, I also will be in a book here soon. I'm writing a book mm-hmm. and, as well. So I'm going to be in someone else's. And then I, I also uh, just met uh, a publication that is called scarysymptoms.com. And they talk about just different things uh, of the special needs community. Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, honored to be able to, to write for them as well. I've done two articles for them. So I do that. And then uh, I've, I've started coaching and, and mentoring, you know, people along the way. And I really feel like, you know, I don't know, people, when I was going through this process, the one thing I didn't want is someone to look into my life, tell me how to fix it. And then the person telling me how to fix it didn't have a clue about my life. Yeah. So I'm in, I tried to position myself in a, in a way that, that man, I've been there. You know what I mean? Like, I know what it's like to fight with my wife. I know what it's like to be on the brinks of divorce. I know what it's like to, to make an excuse to drink every single day. I know what it's like. Okay. But I also know what it's like to overcome it. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can, you can experience that as well. All right. And, and there's some universal things that I didn't come up with, but I searched and found. And if you apply these things, you can have this same victory that I, I experience and taste each and every day. So that's kind of what I got going on now. No, I love it. I love the fact that 
See, I'm all about humanity. I'm all about helping people, kindness. Like a lot of entrepreneurs in my game, what I do is I help them understand that sales is problem solving, you know, that they can help people that way. But I love the fact that you have a passionate, uh, for lack of better terms, pursuit to empower people. You, you mm-hmm. want to see people win. And I, and I agree with you, the youth, really, that's where the major decisions are. Like, you know, if you would have had someone, I and mean, you wouldn't be who you are today. And I think things happen for us, not to us. So let me clarify that. But, you know, having the ability to go now and share your story and tell people about it and then give them hope, because that's what most people need. That's what most people, whether or not you want to own a business or not, people need hope. They need to understand that what you're born into is not where you're stuck. It's just your starting point. Everyone has different starting points. You like your your perfect proof. I'm proof. You can improve and become better and level up and become the person you want to be. So like, I love that. Now, where you definitely aren't done, but I always like to pop this in the middle. Where can people find you? Because I'm probably sure there's already people saying, hey, where can I find Chad? Uh, so uh, Facebook, uh, just Chad Osinga. My website is MrTenacity.com. Super simple. My email is MrTenacity40 at gmail.com. Send me a message. Uh, link up with me. I'm a normal guy. I'm here to help. So as long as you don't come in my DMs trying to sell me everything, I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you there. But but let's dig into this a little bit more. So you were we were talking about helping people and mindset and you know giving people hope so when someone comes into your world how, how do you how do you help them with it because i know you went through a lot of stuff but what's the process look like for people yeah so well and first i want to piggyback off something that you just said that i think is really really crucial we we're in the information age right we we don't lack knowledge at all okay right. uh, we can pick up our our cell phones and type into Google whatever you want to know, and you can get publications from some of the highest authorities in whatever the field is that you're looking at. So the information is there. People lack inspiration, mm-hmm. right? And so when we live inspirational lives, that's that's the first thing, right? So um, when I when people come to me and say, hey, you know, I want help, uh, you know, I try to break down one, where, where are you going? Where, where are you going and where are you at? Uh, but the process is really simple. I, I tried to get them, I believe, really heavily in journaling uh, mm-hmm. because it saved my life. But I don't believe in journaling like maybe some people do. I, I believe that you must be intentional about what we're going to do. If you want change, you have to be intentional. Yeah. So when, like, for instance, when I journal, I write and I've, I've piggybacked things from different people to, to come up with this. But I, I take at least at least five things in that day, not from the day before, in that day that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I do this, I always journal at night because, you know, during the day I want to be able to live intentionally. Right. So I want to search for those things I'm going to be, you know, grateful for. Okay. The next thing is a win. And it doesn't, and what I tell people in the beginning, people think that wins have to be these massive things. If, if you have a rocky relationship, let's say with your child. Okay and you are able to negotiate that and walk away in a peaceful manner, mm-hmm. you won. Yes. If you are used to sleeping in and you know you're supposed to wake up at six or five or whatever that, that time looks like for you, and usually you hit that snooze five, six times, but you don't that day, you just won. Yep. If you have more than one, great, write them down, okay? But find at least one thing that you did right. 
one thing that you you conquered and slayed that day, no matter how small it is. And people don't realize the, the power of compound effect. Mm -hmm. You know, these things, we, we build off these things, right? Waking up on time, making our bed, you know, journaling. Uh, let me get back to the journal. So when, okay. Uh, and then I try to learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say learn, not like more for personal growth. Okay. Uh, and, you know, this might look different for, you know, I believe different strokes for different folks. And so it might look different for other people, but I try to find something that, that empowers me as a person. Mm -hmm. And I write that down. And then the, the last thing that I do when I, when I write is probably the most important thing, but that's, I find something that I didn't do right that day. Okay. That I didn't handle well. And then I don't give myself an easy out. I then write what I should have done. That's good. Okay? That's good. Because a lot of people write, oh, I did this or I did that, but they never are intentional about, okay, how do I fix it? Right. So I don't continue because well, you got to get out the loop, right? We're in, mm -hmm. we're in these loops, right? And they're individually in different areas of our lives. The only way is to look objectively at the situation and say, okay, they did this. I did this. I should, because we can't control what another person does, right? We can't control what they say, what they think, what they feel. You can control you though, okay? And so that power we need to take back and you can only do that by saying, hey, what, what do I need to do better? Writing it down and then applying that as you move forward. Um, so that journaling, I do that. I also, I try to get people to find their whys, not just for their goals. People always find the why behind why they wanna make a million dollars or, but why are you where you are right now? Why, why do you feel frustrated when someone criticizes you on whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel the way you do when your wife says X, Y, and Z to you? And trace these, these things back, kind of like mental gardening, right? Their roots. And, you know, we have to trace the roots of the weeds and, and or they just grow back. So by going deep in there and saying, you know, why do I feel this way? Why am I, you know, always stuck here or there? Like if you have a, a goal, since we're talking about six, seven figures, let's say you cap out at a thousand or a hundred thousand, right? Uh, each year, why? What What are you doing during the year that that is, you know, capping you out at that price? Because at yep. the end of the day, we can control that, okay? 100%. We can begin to, to, to look back. And so I, I try to do that. Um, and there's, you know, tons of things. I don't want to take up too much time, but those are, if, if I can give you two or three things I, I, I really focus on, that's it. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, so yeah. No, I like it. I like it because I've heard about the stacking of the wins. I have friends that teach, you know, you stack the wind, stack the wind, stack the wind because it gives you momentum. But what I really liked was when you said, but I also address myself and I find something that I'm not doing right and I improve on it because we can't always be stuck in the win, win, win. We also need to improve because we're the secret sauce. My friend George Ryan talked about that all the time. As an entrepreneur, as a person, what level you're at is how much inner work you do. So I, I totally commend you on that. The other thing I thought of, because you mentioned this, was you were talking about doing the wins and stacking and all. Did you learn that when you were helping your daughter walking in the hospital? Because that's where my mind went. When you said that, my mind, I, I see in stories. So I went right back there and you were stacking the wins and you were telling her, no, you're going to do this. Is that when you started to learn that? Or did you learn that a little bit before? Uh, a little bit before, like in the military, I had to, I had to, 
because of so like I I had a really hard time mentally growing up. Uh, I was called dumb and uh, they, they said I was, you know, I had a learning disability. They put me in the special room, uh, you know, my basically my entire childhood. So when I got to the military and I started facing these really hard, you know, schools and and I had to learn how to stack these these small things I did right. But I didn't know what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. I carried that over to my daughter, still not knowing the full thing it wasn't until honestly this this second wreck and i really started diving into all these different personal growth you know coaches and gurus and mm -hmm. you know just attacking knowledge that i realized oh there's a name for this thing there's yeah. like a whole process and i've been doing some of this you know throughout my life to get by but i didn't know i was doing it the whole time yeah no so, and that yeah. makes sense it does it, and it, it's kind of cool to see how it how it actually just has gone through and you kind of learned it in the fight where some people now if they can take and shrink time it's like okay cool i can apply this yes yes amen and and the thing is is like people look at you know like let's say my life compared to yours or someone else's and they might say oh well my my thing isn't as poor yes it is like whatever your struggle is, whatever your fight is, whatever you're facing right now, is just as important, just as crucial to you. Our brains don't know the difference, okay? Right. Whatever someone faces, and if you do an MRI of two brains, of two traumatic experiences, but one's overseas, let's say, and one's here in the States, maybe it's a divorce, right? Because mm -hmm. people don't realize how sometimes uh, detrimental uh, even a divorce can be on, on people's mindsets, right? Yeah. But those those two things are the same uh, to our brain so uh whatever i apply whatever you apply and all these other people that are out here you know bold enough to say hey this is i figured out what worked for me man apply those things it'll work you're you're just as important your situation is just as important as mine or anyone else's so yeah yeah no that's great that's great so you said that you did a lot of like self-help learning growing what did were you like doing a bunch of books? Are there any books you'd recommend, or are there any people you followed that you said, "Hey, this person impacted my life"? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people. So, um, actually, my wife pushed me into real estate. Okay, uh, when I was recovering, she was like, "You need to, to find something to put your energy towards." And yeah. um, Cody Sperber is who I latched onto first, and it was crazy because it was kind of like like this like stacking of people you know i stacked wins i stacked on the people and that led me um to actually ryan Stuman. and ryan Stuman, uh i see that you have the uh lions not sheep uh yep. you know and that he led me to there he led me to uh, eric yep. thomas yep. yeah uh, yeah um man uh and my let i didn't even know who and my let was you know so there was a plethora of, of people that I began to to just, you know, dissect all of their information. And, um, you know, Bobby Castro, yeah, he's another one that that I really resonate with him because for a couple of reasons, one, because he had a really rough upbringing like myself, but he he is close to worth, a, I think, a billion. I think he's close mm -hmm. to a billion. And I had always as a child dreamed of somehow be becoming a billionaire just yeah. i don't know mm -hmm. it was just one of those things and 
to see someone who came up kind of rough like me and didn't have, you know, family support turn all of that around was just uh, a really big eye opener for me. And it, it, it just showed me that I was on the right track and I could also accomplish, you know, these things. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's tons of, of stuff like Ed Milet's new book, uh, The Power of One More. I'm reading that right now. That, that is a super powerful book and it's easy to read. It's not, oh, yeah. you know, if you're not a reader uh, and, and, you know, real quick for the people that are talking about reading, hey, they're audible. Okay. Yep. <laughs> there you go. If you're not a reader. There's no excuse. When I first started doing the reading, uh, I actually didn't buy any books. I went onto YouTube. I had Googled the, or I YouTube the, the video. And to my surprise, there's a whole bunch of audible downloads mm -hmm. of a lot of these books. So if you don't, if you're in a financial pinch and you're like, man, I can't afford this, go to YouTube, download the book and get at it. Right. Yep. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different, you know, hacks you can do to to still get gain the knowledge. Yeah. No, and, and I love that because I, I agree with you. I love Ed Milet, Shane Lynn, Ryan, all of them. They're great guys. And they all bring a different aspect to kind of because their story and what they've gone through gives them a different perspective, which is great. And all. Um, so my, my next question would be this. So you've been moving forward, you're leveling up. And we were talking about you mentioned this earlier. We we're talking about, you know, well, Maybe you're capped at 100,000. My mission, my goal with this podcast is to get people over 100,000 because it gets them in the top 30% of income earners in the world. You get over 150,000, you're in top 10%. You get over 200,000, you're in top three. I think it's top five. Let me fix my stat there. But here's the thing. Once you get over 100,000, you can start believing. You can start dreaming without the financial pressure like you're talking about. So I call this step one. That's what the goal of this whole podcast is. Get people to step one so they can start designing their life by design. How would you, like, we, we mentioned the people that were just starting out and they're like trying to struggle and get there. What would you encourage them to do besides reading the books? Like, would you encourage them to go to events or how, how else can they level up would be my, my question to you. Mentors. I don't care, uh, man, that has changed my world. Uh, so I, I joined Apex Entourage uh, and that was my first, I guess, big thing. And at the time I really didn't have the money. Okay. Uh, I did, but I didn't, let me, let me say it like that. Um, yeah, you had to it make was a stretch, an investment right? in you, which is hard for men to do. I got you hundred yes. percent. And I took that risk. My, my wife wasn't hundred percent sold on it, you know, and it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Okay. Mm -hmm get a mentor because even in that then i got introduced to a different group of people who now i'm in their mentor group and you not it's the power of these groups of these mentor groups not only do you get personalized coaches who have been or or are where you are going or want to be sorry i just messed up all my words are you um, <laughs> two two cars have hit me you know sometimes it doesn't compute right but um you know, you want to find someone who is where you are going, okay, mm -hmm. has already gained that that access. And, you know, man, follow their steps. You know, yeah. you're still going to put your spin on it. You're still going to be able to do your thing along the way. But learn from the best. Don't put your money in these. these there's a lot of fake ones out there. And I made those mistakes uh, before I met Apex. I had 
put money in. That's why I didn't have a lot of money because I had invested some money into what I thought was going to help me. And it was a dud. It yep. was a big dud. Been there. Yep. You know, look, look into them, but your personal growth. Look, we, if you go to the gym, you'll get a personal uh, coach. You'll get a speed coach, a strength coach. You'll get, you know, the, the coach that tells you what to eat and what not to eat. Uh, you know, some people, when I used to train people, fighters, they had like chefs that came in and fixed their, their food and, you know, all everything, mm -hmm. but we will not do that for our own personal growth. And it is yeah. insane. And I'm a firm believer in having multiple ones financial. I just met with a financial advisor that I'm about to get, you know, so whether it's finances, whether it's, you know, personal growth, whatever the area is, find someone. And you might have to start out small with just one in the beginning, but do that, invest in yourself. And you're not only going to get a blueprint that works, right. Is time tested, but usually introduced to other really motivated people. When you, when people pay to play, it is a different level of commitment. Yep. All these things that, that you weren't experiencing prior to, and people were shortchanging you, stealing your money, this that doesn't really happen on that other side of the fence. All right. This is the one time I tell people that the grass really is greener on the other side yeah. of the fence because you jump over and everybody's in the same situation. They paid to be there too. Right. Mm -hmm. So they want the most, the max amount of their dollar. And so they network, they help each other, they grow together. And then you're getting top tier coaching along the way on how to do it. So, uh, and then yes, masterminds go to them. If you can, uh, watch sometimes now on the internet, they have them. Uh, so if you can't make it in person, you can do mm -hmm. virtual man, do it virtually sit down, take notes. And then my biggest thing is this though, you can, <laughs> you can be taught by Ed Milet himself. Okay. One-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. But if you don't implement right. any of the stuff that they're teaching you, you've just wasted your time and your money. At the end of the day, it boils down to how hungry we are. Will you take the time out each and every single day to do what they're telling you to do? They've already done it. They don't have to do it again. Okay. Yep. But we do. So, you know, when, when, when you make these commitments, also make a commitment to yourself to follow through, right? To, to make that change within yourself and, and to no matter how uncomfortable it is, understand that, that you know, our, our change and our success is on the other side of that uncomfort. It's kind of like being in a bed when, you, you know, you can't get that right spot. What is it? Yeah. What does that uncomfort make you do? Move. Mm -hmm. Move to find what works. This that's all this money is doing is it's making you squirm a little bit. So you have to move from where you are, which isn't getting you anything. You're going to get the same exact results or you can move. Right. And you can attach yourself to winners. And in return, you're going to win. Yeah. And if you look at your income and where your money's going, you have the money for the most part. There are some people maybe listening. that aren't there, but most people have it. You just might have to sacrifice yeah. in a different area. But to level up, sometimes you have to make that investment. And why not invest in you? Why work for someone else for the next 40 years and they'll replace you in a moment when you can do it yourself and invest in yourself? I mean, that's, that should be a no-brainer, but that's not what we're taught in the school system. We're taught to be a good worker bee. But people like you and me, we're, we're not, that doesn't fit us. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to change the world and do things that we need to do. So I commend you on that. Amen. Any other parting words, thoughts, wisdom you have for my listeners? Um, I would just say that no matter what you're facing, uh, uh, everything that you could ever need or want is already within you. You might have to unearth it and unbox it a little bit and polish it up, 
but it's already inside of you, right? The universe created you uh, to, to tackle whatever is in front of you. Those dreams and those, those aspirations that you have, they're inside of you for a reason, man. They really are. Like, that's why no two people are the same or, or fingerprints aren't the same. There's something special on the inside of you, uh, but you have to be willing to unlock that box uh, and kind of take the journey. And I, I implore you to, because this, man, your strength, your success, uh, just that better life is, is on the inside of you. So go get it. I appreciate it. And Chad, thank you for being on the show. I, I truly have enjoyed your story and just chatting with you today, man. Oh, ditto, man. I loved it. it, it I'm so stoked and, and honored that you have me. Awesome. Hey, and thank you all for listening to the 150K podcast where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Chad's story needs to be heard. Send it to your friends. Send it to someone you know that's maybe struggling or going through something right now. This will impact them and help them. And until next time, get a journal out, write some wins, but also write something about yourself that you need to improve. Have a good day, guys. Thank you for listening to the 150K podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.